something to say. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Project Shadow, episode 553. Go, go, power people. How's everybody doing out there? Um, I think I should explain something. Yes, for those of you who have recently started getting the episodes of Project Shadow, you'll notice that the feed suddenly jumps in count. Um, Yeah, (laughs) what happened was I was originally doing about eight different podcasts, And I decided to merge them all together. And instead of adding all the episode numbers together, I decided to pick up where Fandom Today left off in episode count. Because I'd already done, I think, five or six Project Shadows. And kind of bring it all together into one podcast. And that's why the number changed. So, for everybody who asked, now you know. Sorry I didn't do any other episodes last week. Last week was a thing, man. Um, And one of the... That's actually kind of the way I want to start this, is I stressed out a lot because I kept looking through feeds and looking through feeds to find stuff to talk to you about because I felt that what this show was, was about what's going on in the news. And this has been something that's been really hard for me to get over. And I'm kind of doing that. I do actually do have some news stories to talk to you guys about today. We'll get into that in just a minute. But... For those of you who are familiar with me from the conventions, think about this as either one of my panels from a convention, or it's what happens after dark, except for probably not quite as blue, because I want to keep my clean tag at iTunes and the like. So it's going to be kind of a PG-rated version of what you would expect to hear from me at a convention. So... I I think by getting a thought like that into my head about what this podcast is, it's going to be a lot easier for me to do it, and I'm not going to feel as much pressure that I have to actually be excited about things that I'm not. One of the other things that I really need to bring out right now is I was going over our feed numbers, and thank you to everybody who stayed loyal over the years. You guys are awesome. Like This podcast has been through hell and back and it's only here because you guys keep asking me to do it. I mean, I really love doing it, but given the way my life's been going and my schedule and everything, it's been difficult for me to fit it in, especially with the fact that I used to do a lot of blogging that went along with it and everything. But, you know, I, I do this for you guys and I was really scared when I put the first episode out last week because I didn't know if anybody would still be there other than the people that had, been asking for me to bring it back and to see the numbers that popped up man you guys are the greatest audience ever and i thank you so much for sticking around and waiting around and maybe you were one of the ones like the others hoping and wishing and praying that the episodes would come back and i I just wanted to take a minute and say thank you i also wanted to take a minute to ask if you have been a subscriber for a very long time please go to projectshadow.com and resubscribe um as you know we've had problems with feeds in the past and one of the things that i noticed is some of you are still using feeds that have technically been dead for the last about four or five years And 
I mean, I'm still supporting them, but I have a very kludgy system in place to ensure that episodes still go out on those old feeds because I changed the platforms that I use to do the show. Um, so it would be a lot easier, plus it would be a lot better for me because I'd have all of my stats in one place. So if you would be ever so kind to go to projectshadow.com and resubscribe to the episodes, that would mean the world to me. Thank you. Thank you all. So, lots going on right now. I wanted to start with the fact that there's been a lot of Emmy talk going on. Going on. And I, I should premise this by saying I am decabled. I have been a cable cutter for many years. A lot of you guys know that. And so, I don't know if the Emmys have actually aired or not, but I saw this post the other day about what had been nominated for an Emmy, and I saw that the normal heart had been. And I just wanted to take a moment to say yes, yes. Give it all the awards, every award. Any award that it could be nominated for, it should be nominated for, and it should win. This... As those of you who know me very, very well, you know that I'm a huge fan of Larry Kramer to begin with, but this movie is so well done. It is so moving. It is just heartbreaking. I don't know how they actually got Matt Bomer to look as decrepit as he does throughout the movie. There's just so much. Like, it should win Best Special Effects, because... There are things in the movie as you're watching people, because for those of you who don't know, The Normal Heart is about the initial onslaught of AIDS in New York and the rise and eventual fall of um, gay men's health crisis and everything that went along with that. And so several of the characters that you're going to be watching throughout the movie are going to, you know, of course, contract AIDS and... The wasting. I, I don't know how they did it. I really don't know how they did it because, you know, just thinking about it through sheer logistics, there wasn't enough time for the actors to either lose the weight to do the scenes or gain the weight for the scenes where they're healthy. I mean, I just, plus, I, I can't believe that any of these actors would have lost enough weight to look as sick as they do throughout it. I mean, the, the whole show is so good. The acting is incredible. The script, amazing. This is one of those events that I don't really care if you're into, you know, the history of the LGBT movement or anything like that. It's just an amazing story of watching one family. Because in a way, that's kind of what it breaks down to, is one family coming to terms with not only that a member of the family is gay, but with every, the, their outspokenness that they are normal. It's it's an amazing film. It moved me. If you haven't seen it, definitely see it. It's on HBO. It is worth all the time, effort, energy, money, awards. It, it It's one of the best things I've seen in the last, I don't know how many years. As I said, I am decabled, so... You know, I don't watch things on this same schedule as a lot of people do, especially not on the schedule that they come out. I'm, I'm one of those people that I like to marathon things, and there's certain shows that I feel benefit from marathoning, and Dominion was one of them. I finally got through to the end of, the se- of season one of Dominion, and 
I have really mixed feelings about this show. I love the actors that are in it. That's one of the reasons why I watched it. I did not like Legion, the movie that it's very loosely inspired by. To the point where I'm sure that that was just a marketing ploy that they used to convince the network that it was a halfway decent idea to go forward with. But the show... Here's the problem with this show and a lot of sci-fi shows. And I don't mean like sci-fi channel shows. I just mean if you're doing a sci-fi fantasy show in general. One, I feel like they had an idea of what they wanted to do. And they had come up with a a 10 to 12 episode arc. Because they thought they would be able to get a mini, you know, a half season for it as a trial. And what happened was the sci-fi channel gave them... Eight. I'm not. I, I can't say for sure because I've never seen anywhere where this has been mentioned that that's hap- That that's what happened. But they. It felt like there was a lot of story packed into these eight episodes to the point where I almost felt like I was missing something. That like something was supposed to happen between these two events that didn't. But they had to get to where they wanted to get, and it's a very plot-driven show on account of that. And that, that is one of the things that made the show feel a little thin for me as I wanted to know more about the characters. But I think that that's one of the most valuable things about this show is that I wanted to know more about the characters. I hope this show gets a second season. I don't know if it will. Um, its ratings are down, at least the public ratings that we get access to, which is people that still watch with the little box that flickers and you have to show up at an appointed time that some person thought in their divine wisdom was the right time to watch a show. So, I mean, those ratings are down. So I don't know exactly what, you know, how the show did with cord cutters like me. I mean, I, um, it hasn't even gone up on Hulu yet. And I actually was interested enough from the pilot. I thought the pilot was intriguing enough. I bought it through iTunes to watch the whole series as it came up out. And I'm glad that I did that. But I think that there's so much more that they could do with this show. I think the setup is interesting, if not a bit clunky. I think the fact that they keep mentioning the Judeo-Christian Bible is a problem for the show. And if they would have... Because they keep... One of the themes of the show is that the stories that we have inherited aren't exactly the stories that are true. And I kind of wish they would have actually gone more for you know, gone broader with it and actually brought in more of the Sumerian legends and maybe it, it, I know it might've confused some people, but instead of referring to themselves as angels, as they do on the show, maybe have the humans refer to them as angels and have them refer to themselves as Sukhalin or something like that from the more Sumerian mythology, because the show for me felt much more Zora Zoroastrian or even just, you know, more Akkadian as far as the mythos that it was actually drawing from, even if it was not consciously self-aware of that. And I think it would have made for a bit more depth and a little bit would have made it a little bit more interesting if they had shown a broader source base for the series. There's a lot of little tips, little tweaks and stuff that I would have done if I would have done it. But of course, I'm not the person, I'm I'm not the showrunner for the show. So 
You know, I don't get to make those decisions. But all in all, if you haven't seen Dominion, I think it's a show well, well worth watching. I'm assuming eventually it will be up on Hulu or Netflix, you know, given that monstrous, what is it, like 30 to 90 day, you know, six month delay or whatever they have built in now. Um, it may actually be up on the sci-fi, watch it on the sci-fi channel thing that doesn't work very well. But if, if you can watch it, I, I definitely would stick it out. I think there are interesting characters there. There are interesting themes in the show. I think it could actually do something if given a chance to develop. But I almost feel like the problem with the show is I felt more like I was watching a first draft. It's kind of like the first season of Babylon 5, where I felt that I was watching a first draft of a show rather than what the show could eventually become. If that makes any sense. I think the same thing could be said of a a show like uh, Star Trek The Next Generation. I think the first season of that was you could kind of see the potential of it, but that potential wasn't realized quite at the beginning. And I, I'm not saying that this could be that this will necessarily become a show that good or that great, but I, I think that there is a good chance that if given the opportunity to develop some of the storylines and some of the plots that they've built up, this show could become something really interesting, even more than it already is. I think it's worth watching. I, I'm I, I hate to be talking about it like, well, season two will be great, but you know, it was worth watching. I didn't, I wasn't disappointed that I spent the time watching it. It was definitely worth watching as a marathon because watching it all together, it was, it, it really fit together in, in a decent way, but I felt that it needed a little bit more character development than it had. That and it was also really nice to see the Sci-Fi Channel experimenting with things. I mean, this show has a, you know, this is for adults only warning on it. I think this is their attempt to try to do their own Game of Thrones kind of a thing, because you know there is they say nudity that you see butts in this movie. There's there there are a lot of butts in this movie, and th- there is some cursing in it. Which I don't mind. I think that makes it much more realistic because I know very few people that do not cuss. I know a lot of people that say they don't, but if you hang around them enough, they do. Um, Definitely check it out. I hope it gets renewed. I would love to see more of it. I think it could really, really become something amazing. Um, Charlie from um, Emergency Awesome which, if you're not watching that channel on YouTube, it's one of my new favorites. Like, I discovered him a little while back, and he, he's just awesome. He does Game of Thrones, comic book stuff. He does all kinds of vi- sci-fi fantasy videos. He's really, really entertaining and really informative, which I like. So definitely check him out. But anyway, on his Twitter channel the other day, at Awesome Emergency, he <laughs> um, tweeted that they have changed the name of... Season 3, Episode 5 of Arrow, from Oracle to The Secret Origin of Felicity Smoke. And this really makes me wonder if we're right or wrong. Because I know for me, as soon as I saw that, I got really excited. I was like, Felicity is Oracle. They are doing it. I've been calling it since Season 1. Yeah, yeah, they're finally going to go there. They're finally going to do it. And um, 
I, I don't know if they're trying to pull back on that and be because that's not where they're taking her, or if they just went, oh well, that episode title was way too obvious and kind of leaked it first to get fanboys like me excited and then pulled it back so that when the episode airs, it's the secret origin of Felicity Smoke and, well, you know, the people that are not eating up every little bit of content coming out from <laughs> Arrow and watching, you know, the Stephen Amel videos and stuff, you know, th- those of us that are just lapping up everything Arrow that they can get, are more excited about it, you know, because it is a much more exciting episode if you don't know who Oracle is to see the secret origin of Felicity Smoke. But I, I'm, I can't wait for this. I can't wait for the for this season to start. Arrow has surprised me. It is one of my favorite shows on TV, and I did not think that that would be possible because Green Arrow, not a character that I love. I think I've talked about that on the show before. But I am really excited to see where this goes because that could be could completely be with the awesome. Well, the Power Rangers movie got a release date. It's going to be released in July 2016, um, July 22nd, 2016 to be exact. And I don't know why I am so excited about this, but I am really excited about this. This may be Andre from Black Nerd Comedy's fault because he. He was so excited, and maybe I caught the contagion of his excitement. Because I never was a huge Power Rangers fan. Uh, My niece, my oldest niece, was really into the Power Rangers. And so I have a lot of familiarity with the Power Rangers. I took her to see the movie in theaters. And so, you know, I've seen quite a bit of the original Power Rangers. I worked at a costume shop over the Halloweens that... Um, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers was really at its peak, and so I had to learn a lot about Power Rangers because, you know, pe- kids would come in and say, I want a Tommy costume, and I had to know to ask, well, do you want the green or the white? You know, I had, you know, I had to learn exactly what to do, you know, what to say and how to interpret this. So I do have a lot of, you know, I ended up accumulating quite a bit of knowledge about the Power Rangers, but I, I think what excites me about this the most, if... Hmm, this might be the best way to say it, is that I, I, I'm, I am a huge fan of this kind of um, you know group monster fighting thing. I mean, I grew up loving Voltron, which is why I, I think that you know Voltron kind of leads to this. <laughs> you know, it's in that same genre, and I've been wanting a Voltron movie for a long time, and I never thought that you could actually do a good movie with giant killer robots in it until I saw Pacific Rim. And to those of you Pacific Rim haters out there, dude, give it a chance. It's a great movie. It's not a change your life movie. It's not a, you know, open your eyes to see the world in a new way movie. It is a fun movie that does exactly what it's supposed to do. And having, having had that experience for the first time, finally, thank you, Guillermo del Toro. I, I, I think about what an original American Power Rangers movie could be like. And I hope it keeps the humor and all of that that the original had. Because I think that would be really fun. So it would be kind of the not-so-serious Pacific Rim. But the idea of what we could do without having to rely on the Japanese footage 
and to have the budget that hopefully this film will have, that's kind of a really nifty thing. You know, I just, I'm, I really want to see how this works and I hope it's successful because I want my Voltron movie. <laughs> I really do. And maybe that's what excites me about this is this is kind of that stepping stone to me getting my Lion Force Voltron movie that I desperately need just in the fiber of my being. I need that movie. Not as much as I need a live-action Robotech movie or just any more Robotech, Robotech Forever. But I, I'm really excited about this. And I would love to hear what you guys think. We've, I've had a few really interesting conversations about this on social media. And I, I, I'm really curious what you guys think. Please leave a comment on the show notes and let me know. Because I, I, I would love to, love to hear your hopes and fears for the upcoming Power Rangers movie. I think, it, I think it could be a good thing for those of you writers out there. And I know there are some, um, I, I posted a link in the show notes to a wonderful wire wired article called what's up with from the what's up with that blog. Why is it so hard to catch your own typos? I, I don't want to go into this in any great detail. Re, read it. It's a great post. Cause I would end up just kind of reading the post. But if you, like me, are so frustrated that, you know, I mean, I know part of my problem is that I'm quasi-dyslexic, and, you know, I write words backwards all the time, and I don't see it. I, I have invented weird contractions in my head that I type, and I don't see that it's a contraction, and luckily I've got a better team around me that are helping me find those. But this is a really interesting explanation about why you need an editor in some ways, um, if you look at my Twitter feed for today, you'll see a very interesting article about why your editor is the Antichrist that was written by somebody else. I think it was J.C. Hutchins. Um, no, it's not really that bad, but, um, you know, it's, it, 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 I really thought it was worth sharing. Now, as I'm working on a lot of the stories that I'm working on right now, and that you'll be hearing me talk about more on this podcast and other places, I find myself thinking a lot about what is it that I want. And I posted something over to the Arsalem Hour blog about medievalism, feudalism, and power in epic science fiction and fantasy. And it's something that I've really been trying to get a hold on myself, because there are so many different ways that you can go with it. There's part of me that wants to just get rid of it altogether, when I first named the Arsalemauer project, I was very adamant that I was not going to do any kings or princes, and I was going to completely eschew that idea of of um, medievalism in its entirety. But the more I've thought about it, you know, I started contemplating maybe doing kind of an Elizabethan kind of thing because I think that would be an interesting wet play, you know, epoch to kind of explore in this kind of a sci-fi epic sci-fi fantasy thing that I'm doing. But, you know, I, I had a good conversation with Dan whose last name shall remain a secret until he gives me permission to actually link to his account. Um, I had a good conversation with Dan at shore leave that changed my mind about a lot of this. We were talking about game of Thrones and some of my problems that I had with the books and with George R. R. Martin and what he was doing. And it, it's a matter of philosophy that makes me 
not so much a fan of his, though I am contemplating going back and reading the books after after this conversation. And he explained to me how Martin was deconstructing the genre and this, that, and the other. And it really, you know, he framed it in a way that made the books and what's going on there a little bit more interesting. But, you know, I'm, I'm still not completely sold. You know, for me, what it breaks down to is... One, these make for very good handles for readers, because when I say Dark Lord, you know what that means. When I say, you know, Princess, you know what that means. That comes with a certain amount of baggage that I can just either subvert or, you know, if it's a very minor character, you can just have an image in your head very easily. It's, it's what, you know, it's a very easy way to communicate a complex idea in a very short form. That's why tropes come into being. But the more I thought about this, the more I kind of come around to the idea that feudalism as a political system is something that never really went away. And what you see is kind of a a neo-feudalism where we kind of have this three-tiered power structure now where you have, you know, the corporations controlling the politicians, which then make the laws that govern us. And it's not actually the people that are in power that are in power. And that's something that might be interesting to explore. And for sake of saving many, 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 many pages that a concept like that is might be easiest or best explored through using some kind of a monarchy or some kind of other feudal construct in a story. And I'm not sure how I want to go with that, but I wanted to bring it up for you guys because the conversations that I have with you all are really, really helpful in helping me make some of these really tough decisions. So I would love to know what you think. Um, leave a note in the comments. That'll mean the world to me. Also, while I'm working on this, there, I found I came across this link the other day um, from Club Jade to an article about how, at least in video games, they ignore women. And this is something that I've never quite understood. There's been a lot of, you know, I've talked about this a lot over the years, and at Shoreleave we had a really good panel discussion on this very topic, that for some reason there is a thought in the marketing world that women don't buy stuff, which is insane. I, I, I don't understand that. You know, that it's only... They, they, but. For some reason, people actually believe this. And so I wrote up a post over at Project Shadow kind of exploring this and also trying to explore, you know, what to do about it. You know, I'm trying to incorporate more women into the into the books that I write, especially into the new setting that I'm coming out. In fact, one of the stories that I'm working on, one of the books that I'm working on has a the, the protagonist is a woman. And I'm very excited about that because that's been something very hard for me to do. And that deals with my own um, gender issues, which that's a whole other podcast. So if you <laughs> want me to get into that, let me know and I will schedule a time to have that talk. But, you know, I I, I think it's, it's ludicrous because I know for myself, you know, my last book, my last original book, The Chain... I wrote it. It is about gay men at a drag club and in a supernatural horror setting. And predominantly my fan base is heterosexual and lesbians, heterosexual females and lesbians. And I did not expect that. 
I did not expect that at all. And it, it's one of those things that yet again shows, you know, the vast majority of my fan base are female. And I don't know if that says something about me or if that says something about the market, but it's something that I've always tried to honor in as many ways as I possibly can. And I, I don't understand why other companies don't. But I, I would love to know your experiences with this because it, it would go a long way in helping me to understand and articulate this, especially when I'm at events with other authors, writers, publishers, and things of that nature. That It, it helps me tell your stories to them because I can only speak out of my own experience unless I have an anecdote to tell, to share. So definitely, please, if, if you have an experience that would be important or helpful or you just need to get off your chest leave a comment um hit me up on the social network send me an email you know let me know because it really it's it's a strange it's such a strange issue that and it's so far outside of the way that i perceive the world i can't understand how other people think that way and since i am not a biological female I have not experienced it in that way. So, you know, definitely hit me up. The quickest way to send me an email is to just head over to Project Shadow and click the Ask Me Anything. That actually just sends an email to me. Um, that's one of the quickest ways to, to contact me if you just want to do a direct, direct, you know, contact. Um, yeah. I don't understand people sometimes. It gets really, really weird. The world is weird. I think that's why I like it so much. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe that's just me. If you do have any questions or comments that you want to leave for me, head over to projectshadow.com and click the Ask Me Anything and put your question in there. Your question may end up on the blog. It may end up on the podcast. It may, may just be answered on social media where you can ask me questions. I'm on Twitter, Facebook. I'm on Twitter a lot. I like Twitter. Google+, Plus, which I like a bit more than Facebook, but I do do both. Um, if you are going to hit me up on Facebook, go to the Project Shadow page on Facebook. There, find links to that at projectshadow.com. That's probably the easiest thing to get in touch with me there because I'm not the hugest fan of Facebook. But then again, who is? If you are a fan of Facebook, contact me. Let me know why because I know they're out there and I would like to know more. If you like the show and you'd like to keep it coming to you and, well, if you just want to help me out, if you want to show your support, consider becoming a patron of mine over at patreon.com slash cedorset. There you can find information about the different reward levels that I've set up. If there's a reward that you would like that's not listed on there, use that Ask Me Anything to ask why that particular thing isn't a reward. And you never know, it might be. Um, I am really excited about this. It's something that I'm trying as an experiment of just setting it up. It's my, my way of going directly to you guys, instead of setting up a Kickstarter and asking for money for a particular project, I figure, you know, if you've got a buck, a couple bucks to spare that you can, you know, throw into the hopper every month to help keep this content coming to you, both the podcasts and the stories. And if I can get my act together, the YouTube channel that you guys have asked for for some strange reason. <laughs> Sorry, that's really hard for me to wrap my head around. Head over to patreon.com slash and 
become a patron over there. It's quick, it's easy. You can see the rewards, and you can cancel at any time. It's just your, your it's it's an easy way for you to help me out and to help me keep my content coming to you. I will also say that if I haven't figured out what the actual reward level, what the actual goal level is going to be, but I'm also hoping that if we can reach a certain level, that this will help me keep my stories free for everybody. So if you like reading the stories over at Wattpad and want to help keep that free for everybody and you know the stories that are going to be going up on the website, do consider becoming a patron. Consider supporting me because you know your love and support means the world to me and anything that we can do to break the addiction that I have to Amazon.com for money, that's a good thing. So thank you all so very, very much. I will talk to you all real soon. Hopefully this will become daily again now that I've kind of reframed it in my head. Oh, man. Have the fun.